Well, this morning, we're going to begin just a brief series called Know Your Enemy. And I, I just want to encourage you that we do have an adversary, but we can overcome. We can have victory. Today, uh, we're going to begin with 1 Peter 5.8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The scripture says, your adversary, the devil. Did you know you have an adversary? I want to tell you something this morning. The word of God is true. The word of God is real. And we need to hear the word of scripture. Of the words of Scripture today, because I'm telling you that if you really listen to what it's saying, it is such a stark reality. I mean, and we need to get this. We need to, you know, get the blinders off. We need to get rid of the deception and understand and see this that you have an adversary, the enemy of your soul, and he plays for keeps. He is seeking whom he may devour. We have to be sober, we got to be vigilant, we got to be aware, we got to be alert all the time because he's against you. You see, this isn't just real popular preaching, but I'm telling you that it needs to be said. We need to expose Satan. We need to see who he is and, and recognize how he works and what he's doing in this world. Your adversary, the devil. You know, surveys say that the majority of professing Christians, that's just everybody that says, yeah, I'm a Christian, don't believe that Satan is a real person. They think that Satan is just a symbol of evil. I want to tell you that Satan is real, that he is a real person, and to think that he's not, you have to just not ever read the Bible. You know, I talk about a lot of things from, I say in Genesis, it t says this, and it's all the way through to Revelation. Do you realize how early Satan shows up in the Scripture? There in the Garden of Eden. And you see his work and his, what he does all the way through the book of Revelation. And so to think that Satan is not real is foolish. Well, we need to know that we know that the scripture is true. We have an adversary, the devil, who walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We got to always be sober, vigilant, aware, and alert, and ready because he's always working against us. You see, Satan has a lot of people deceived thinking that he's not even real. Now, I want to say this clearly this morning. We need to always keep our focus on the Lord. We don't need to live in fear or look for demons around every corner. A lot of people seem to go from one extreme to the other. But we always want to keep our focus on the Lord. I don't want to talk about the devil all the time and all the evil works of Satan. You know, I don't talk about this or teach this very often. But it is important that we understand who our enemy is and how he works. We want to focus on the Lord and the works of God, the good things that God is doing, and lift up the Lord all the time. But we do need to know who our real enemy is. Because our real enemy is not flesh and blood. It's amazing how often Christians end up 
not only fighting against flesh and blood as, as far as unbelievers, but even flesh and blood with our own brothers and sisters in Christ. When brothers and sisters in Christ are fighting against one another, I want you to know that's when the devil has gotten a victory. When he can get us in strife and conflict with one another, and how often that happens. See, we need to recognize who our real enemy is. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. See, most people don't even acknowledge that this spiritual battle is taking place. This is where the real battle is. This is why prayer is so important. Because the battles, the conflicts here in the here and now and on the outside, what we consider to be flesh and blood, you need to realize who's behind it. That's where the real battle is. We need to know who our enemy is. Satan and the forces of darkness. He's the one that's behind it all. And we need to know who he is and how he works. You know, every professional football team during the season, and well, in the off-season also, they spend hours and hours watching video of their opponents. They want to see what their game plan is. They want to see what kind of trick plays they might pull. They want to see who their best players are, and they'll they'll even watch video of, of certain players, key players, just to see what that player does. Now, we need to be aware. We need to know how the enemy of our soul works. We need to kind of get an understanding of his game plan and what it is that he wants to do. Let me just give you a little preview. Jesus says that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Satan is always working against us. We read it there in 1 Peter 5, 8. Seeking whom he may devour. See, he's always wanting to do harm. He's always wanting to hurt people, to bind people up. But we need to know who he is and how he works. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 2.11, we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, this passage of Scripture is a great example of Satan's schemes, of his devices. And when he says devices, he's talking about his plans, his schemes, his tricks. And so... How can we not be ignorant of his devices? We need to read the scripture and see how he works and how he he sets people up. But this passage is actually a great example of Satan using or trying to use something against God's people. There was a man who had such blatant and open sin in his life that the church had to address it. They had to deal with it. And and in effect, they basically disfellowshipped this brother because he was in such horrible sin and wouldn't repent. Well, then he repents, and Paul tells them, we need to forgive this man now. We need to restore this brother And here's what he says. He says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. And here's what he's saying. You see, if we we fail to now forgive and restore this brother, Satan will get an advantage. He will destroy this brother, 
And the church will be brought under reproach. And so we're not ignorant of his devices. We're not going to let Satan take advantage of us. You just need to realize that Satan is always looking for a way to take advantage. Not, listen, not just in church, but of you personally. He's always looking for what you need to be aware of the devil's devices. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, it says, Be angry and sin not. I'm going to get it. Be angry and sin not. Don't let the sun go down or your, on, your, on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. There's a lot of angry people in this world. And you know what? They allow it to cause them to sin. And they give place, another translation says, a foothold. They give a foothold to the devil to get in in their relationships and mess things up. To mess up things in their life. They let Satan take advantage of them because they're ignorant of his devices. We need to understand. We need to know. I want to expose some this morning of Satan's devices. The scripture said, We are not ignorant of his devices. You see, the Apostle Paul was not ignorant of Satan's devices at all. He was very successful. He had a lot of battles and persecution and danger, but the Lord used him in such a powerful way to establish so many churches, and he he just had such a tremendous impact for the Lord, even though Satan opposed him. You see, we can have victory, but we need to be aware of Satan's devices. We need to know how he works. Military leaders realize the importance of knowing as much as you can about your enemy. You you gotta know their capabilities. You need to know their limitations. You need to know what kind of weapons they use. And I tell you, our military makes a high priority of this. Even in peace times, they are constantly surveilling their other countries to see what kind of weapons they have and what capabilities they have. You need to understand what Satan can do and what he can't do. You need to understand where his limits are, but what he is capable of doing and what he tries to do. As I will tell you, you got to recognize the work of the enemy, his fav- what his favorite weapons are, what his game plan is, what his strategy against you, your family, or the church is. 1 Peter 5, 8 again. Be sober, be vigilant. I don't hear that being talked about in the religious culture of our day. Be sober, be vigilant. They act like that even if the devil is real, it's no big deal. Well, the Bible says you better be sober, be vigilant. you got to be ready. There's somebody who wants to hurt you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to mess up your calling and keep you from being effective for God. you got to be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I get so tired of all of the false teaching of our day. Do not listen to it. Be careful what you listen to. The Bible says to be careful what you listen to. Here's one of those little false teachings. This is how the devil tries to bring deception in and mess people up. I've heard this taught. Oh, you know, the devil, he, he's a lion, but he ain't got no teeth. He can't hurt nobody. I see lives that are destroyed every day that have been devoured by Satan. He is real, and he does hurt people. He does have teeth. you got to be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, is going about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That's 
And we don't have to be afraid of him. We have authority over him. And I'm going to talk about that later. But you need to understand that this is real. We're in a real spiritual battle, a real warfare. And ignorance is not bliss. Well, I don't even want to know about this. Yes, you do. Here's a truth from the scripture that I just think is so profound. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. He's not talking about that you didn't, you know, get enough higher education. He's talking about spiritual knowledge, spiritual truth. He's talking about the Word of God. We need to know what the Bible says. My people are destroyed. My people. He didn't say the world. He said my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Do you believe this? We need to know. We need to know who our enemy is. We need to know how to overcome him, how to resist him, and how to have victory. So this morning, I just want to tell you now, you have an enemy, an adversary of your soul, and he doesn't care if you're 12 or 92. He's after you. We need to be ready. This, you know, that First Peter 5, it ought to just be a wake-up call for every believer to realize that we have a real adversary. Stay sober, alert, vigilant. So, who is Satan? Satan was a created being, a fallen angel who rebelled against God. He is not God's opposite. It's, listen, some people kind of get this attitude, you know, it's kind of like the force is with you. There's the good force and there's the evil force. It's, it's the cosmic battle of good and evil, you know, and will somehow God, you know, good eventually win out over evil. It's not like that. Our God is the only God. He is omnipotent. He has all power. He is a sovereign Lord of the universe. Satan is a created being. And he only has what authority and power that God allows him to have. You need to know this. It is not, you know, some great battle here that can God finally win. I read the back of the book. Let me tell you what it says in the back of the book. One angel, one angel will take Satan and throw him into the lake of fire for eternity. It doesn't take a whole bunch. It's just going to take one. You know why? Because he has the power and the authority of the Almighty behind it. Satan is no match for God. He's not in competition with God in power. We need to know that this deceiver, this liar, he props himself up as though this the people that do believe, they think, oh, well, he's, you know, he's so powerful. The only reason that Satan has so much power is because there's so many people who are willing to do his bidding. So many people that have not come to the place of faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and been born again. But that deception that Satan is a worthy foe for the Lord, that somehow Satan is almost as powerful as God. How foolish that is. There are two passages of Scripture in the Old Testament that speak of the fall of Satan. I'm going to go to the first one in Isaiah chapter 14 and read verse 12 through 15. He says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. Lucifer, well, there's a name that's never coming back, right? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations, 
For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. You, you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. Again, Satan is no match for the Lord. In pride, he tried to exalt himself, and the Lord humbled him and kicked him out of heaven. In Luke 10, 18, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. I saw him fall like lightning. You know, I, I've read that many times. I just got to thinking about it. He didn't just fall. He fell like lightning. You ever saw lightning? I mean, anybody, anybody ever watched Roadrunner when you were a kid? Two of you. Man, you people don't watch no TV, do you? Some of you still watch it. You just don't want to raise your hand. Wiley Coyote, you know, he falls off a cliff, and there he goes, ah! And he just leaves this little hole thing in the shape of a coyote, right? I saw Satan fall like lightning, 270,000 miles per hour. God kicked him out. I'm telling you, God has absolute power over Satan. Put him out of heaven. You need to know it. And Satan, he wanted the worship. He wanted to make himself like the Most High. But that worship and that glory belongs to God and to God alone. We're going to go to Ezekiel 28, 12 through 15. It says, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. See, this is how God made him. He says, you were in the Eden in Eden, the garden of God, every precious stone was your covering, the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You see, God created him to worship. This was what he was designed to do. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. This anointed cherub, he was beautiful, created to worship the Most High. And Satan wants what belongs to God. He is always fighting against true worship. He's always trying to make worship something other than true worship. I, tell you, I think that the enemy is at work in our generation right now to try to make worship about us and what we want. It is not. It is about God and what he wants. It is giving him the glory that is due him. But Satan is always trying to undermine that because he hates it. He hates for God to get the worship. That used to be his job. You do know whose job it is now. Do you know whose job it is now? It's our job. God has created for himself a people to worship him in spirit and in truth, to worship him for all eternity. Listen to this from 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. Why? 
that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now you're the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. You see, God has brought together for Himself a people to be priests unto God, to worship God, to praise Him for all eternity. And Satan hates the church. But he can't stop us. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. But you know, it was pride that caused Satan to lift himself up. It was pride that caused Satan to want the worship for himself. And it's amazing how that the enemy of our soul is always trying to stir pride up in our lives. You know, this is true for all of us. But I especially would say this, when you're involved in ministry, and especially, you know, if, if you're ministering from the pulpit or if you're part of a worship team, Satan always tries to stir pride up. In fact, he doesn't mind if you have a little bit of success, if he can use that to get you into pride. Because pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If he gets you into pride, then he can bring destruction into your life. Oh, how we need to be aware of the devil's devices. Always trying to get people over into pride. But when Satan left heaven, he took a third of the angels with him. He has demons who do his bidding and serve him. They do his work. But he is still to this day in rebellion against the Lord. He works every day against the plans and purposes of God. The scripture tells us plainly that he is destined for an eternity in the lake of fire, but he wants to take as many people with him as he can. That's his plan. I want to cover some more of the names and titles that are given to him in the scripture, but I want you to remember this one from 1 Peter 5a, your adversary. Your adversary. Your adversary, the devil. There's somebody who opposes you. There's somebody who's always against you. He wants to stop you. In John 8, Jesus calls him a liar. In the NIV, it says he's the father of lies. He is a master deceiver. He deceived Eve in the garden, and he's been deceiving ever since. You need to know this. He's very good at it. He's an expert liar. It is his craft, his art, his trade. In fact, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen that Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. The NIV says he masquerades as an angel of light. See, when, when, the, when the devil is trying to mess you up, get you off track, get you into sin, get you turned sideways with God, let me just tell you, he doesn't show up in a red suit with some horns and a, a tail and a pitchfork. He doesn't show up and say, hey, I'm the devil and I'm here to mess you up. No, sometimes he shows up as a good-looking woman or a sweet-talking man, but he comes as an angel of light. In fact, the exact example that Paul was talking about was false apostles, people that acted real spiritual. And he said, Satan, he said, we shouldn't be surprised by that because Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. 
You need to be aware. You need to be sober, be vigilant, because so many people in our generation are going down the wrong road because somebody who professes to be spiritual but is not is taking people the wrong direction. I'm telling you, we need to hold to the truth of Scripture. We need to know what the Bible says. And I know I make some people uncomfortable when I talk like that because this lazy Christianity of the day. You need to read your Bible. You need to study the Scripture for yourself. You need to be prepared. Here's this one of the deceptions. We've talked about this a little bit recently when we're talking about the character of God, but... I I just want to touch on this again. This is such a stronghold that the enemy uses, such a powerful deception he uses all the time, that you need to know this. God is not against you. One way or another, Satan is always trying to get people to think that somehow God is their problem. God is the answer. He's not your problem. He's not the one that's bringing trouble and heartache and problems into your life. He's the one that can get you out. But Satan is always trying to deceive people to think that somehow God's not been fair to me. Somehow God is against me. The scripture says plainly in Romans 8, 31, what should we say to these things? See, what do we say to all that trouble? If God is for us, who can be against us? Our God is for us. And we don't need to worry about well, somebody's against me, but we do need to be sober, vigilant, always ready, always aware of the devil's devices. It's Satan who's against us. What did 1 Peter 5, 8 say? Your adversary. He's the one that's against you. Don't let him deceive you and get to the place where you think that God is against you somehow. You know, the only time God is against you is when you act like the devil and you allow pride to puff you up where you disobey God and do what God said not to do. Listen, the Bible says he gives grace, says it twice, he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. You don't want God resisting you. And I'm telling you, pride will get God resisting you. But if you're, not, if you're not in rebellion, if you're not proud against, I'm telling you, God's not against you. He's for you. It's the enemy that's working against the believer, trying to keep you back from all that God has for you. Jesus called Satan the ruler of this world. It's John 12, 31. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Ruler of this world doesn't mean that he rules over the physical world He rules over the systems of this world, the ways of the world, the things of the world, and people in this world who don't know God. You'll notice he says, he is cast out. That means that his hold is broken. It doesn't mean that the battle is over. Amen? We're still in the thick of the battle. Does anybody know that? Yes, we're right in the thick of the battle. In fact, the next thing I want to mention to you, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. He's called the God of this age. We're still in the midst of the battle. The God of this age has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. The God of this age. You see, he does have power, but he only has power that God allows him to have. 
I think that Satan not only blinds the minds of unbelievers so that they don't believe the truth of the gospel, I think he also blinds the minds of a lot of religious people to keep them from believing the promises of God and the blessings of God, the things that God has for us. Why? Why do we see so much wicked things happening in our world, horrible things, unimaginable things, things that we don't want to talk about. Why? How is this happening? Because there is a wicked one. There is a wicked one who is always manipulating and influencing. Listen to this from 1 John five nineteen. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Do you believe the word of the Lord? The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. It is Satan's work. And people will blame God, but it is Satan's work. He's the one that is influencing, turning people to do wicked things, being a tool of the devil. He's behind all of the violence, all these horrific acts that happen all the time. It is Satan who is behind it. In Ephesians 2, 2, he's called the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. You see, he is that spirit that inspires them to do these things. It's Satan working through the lives of people that don't serve the Lord works through situation and circumstance. He deceives people into thinking that when he hurts somebody, that somehow God must have done it, that God is against them. I want to go back to this. We talked about this a few weeks ago, but Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, it just, man, it just nails this down for us this morning, and we need to get rid of this deception. Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus healed people who were oppressed of the devil. Who oppressed them? And who healed them? We got to keep this straight. Jesus is the one who heals. The devil is the one who oppresses. We got to know this. Jesus had all power. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Jesus had all power. But did you know that Jesus never used his power to get his enemies when he walked this earth? Never did. I don't know about you, but if if I would have had all that power, I might have been a little tempted. You know what I'm saying? I mean, people did Jesus wrong. Have you ever been done wrong? And if you were Jesus, you might have just zapped them a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Jesus didn't do that. In fact, the disciples, they want to call down fire on some people. Jesus says, you don't know what spirit you're of. That's the wrong spirit. See, that's that spirit that works in the children of disobedience. That's that old foul. I'm just telling you, we got to be aware of the devil's devices and realize that God wants to do good. 
It's the enemy that is at work all the time behind the scenes inspiring people to do wicked things. But Jesus, he came to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 8, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Works of the devil. I've never seen Satan. Hope I don't. But I've seen his work. I see it every day. Hurting people. Bound people. People who are oppressed. People who are depressed. Under a load. A burden. They feel like there's no way out. I see the works of the devil. But I know that Jesus is the answer. Jesus said in Luke 4.18 when he began his ministry. He read from the book of Isaiah. And here it is in Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. We need to remember these things. As the body of Christ, we need to remember these things. Preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Wow, so many brokenhearted people in our world. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. To set people free. The recovery of sight to the blind. Wow, what a mighty healings. This is what Jesus did to set at liberty those who are oppressed. There's a lot of people who are oppressed of the devil. People that live in fear. People that have all kinds of issues. You know, nowadays they just call them mental problems. They're under an oppression. I'm telling you that Jesus can set free. Jesus can heal. And Jesus came to give us abundant life. That's what he said. But the thief came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Another term that Jesus used for Satan is the evil one. One example is in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 13. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And in the King James, it just says evil. But all of the modern translations, including the New King James, uh, use evil one because it's personified. It's implied there that it's personified. I just want you to know, you see, we need to pray that we'll have victory over the evil one. We don't take that for granted. We pray that we'll have victory over the evil one. But what does the evil one do? I heard somebody, evil. Come on, this is spiritual two plus two. What does the evil one do? He does evil. When you see evil in this world, recognize Satan. See, I want to expose him today. He's the evil one. He's the one that's doing the evil in this world. Satan tempts, he entices, and he inspires people to do evil things. Have you ever been blamed for something you didn't do? I hate that. And I've been told, and I've done it, that in ministry, sometimes you just have to take the blame. I'm willing to do that. My Savior took my blame. I don't like it. In fact, I hate it. I've hated it since I was a little kid. It would make me so angry when I was a kid if I got blamed for something that somebody else did. My sense of justice would just go off. It would just make me so angry. I wonder how the Lord feels when He is blamed for things every day that He did not do. We should never, 
bring an accusation against the Lord. He is good to all. Psalm 145, verse 9. He's a good God. Satan is the evil one. And I want to encourage you with this this morning. You don't have to be afraid of Satan. You don't have to be afraid of evil. As a believer, we can know that God will protect us. Psalm 121, 7 and 8 says, The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. Wow. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. You know, whenever you see that going out and coming in, it's a reference to them going out to battle and coming in safely again. I tell you, the Lord will preserve us. He'll keep us, protect us from evil. Some people say, oh, well, that's Old Testament. You know, that's not for us. It's in the book for a reason. But, you know, just to help somebody, you're really hung up on that. You know, you threw away your Old Testament because it doesn't apply to you. I'm going to help you this morning. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, The Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. I'm telling you, the Lord is protecting me. Do you know that about yourself? The Lord is guarding me. Satan, you can't touch this. He's got me. He's, he's watching over me. He's protecting me. See, we believe a lie sometimes and we disobey God and we can open the door to trouble and destruction in our life. But when we're obeying God and doing what we're supposed to do, I'm telling you, the enemy doesn't have any authority against us. He doesn't have any right to come in our life and try to cause problems for us. We just need to stand in faith and know that God's going to take care of us. You know, sometimes the enemy tries to bring destruction in by tempting us. This is another term that's used for Satan. It's in Matthew 4, 3. This is when Satan tempted Jesus. It calls him the tempter. It says the tempter came. And the tempter will come to you also. He will try to set you up. He'll try to put you in a place of temptation. Now, if you're wise, I'm telling you, if you're wise and you listen to the Holy Spirit, you can avoid that place of temptation. You can avoid that situation so often that would get you in temptation. But the tempter came and he tempted Jesus, but Jesus was ready for him. I'd say it this way, he was loaded for bear. I mean, Jesus was armed with the scripture. And so when temptation came, Satan tried to deceive Jesus. Jesus quoted the word of God. This is why you need to know what the Bible says. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They don't... They're, This is the sword of the Spirit. Are you armed? Are you ready for battle with the enemy? Because when he comes and he tries to tempt you, and sometimes like he did Jesus, see, he came to Jesus and he quoted from Psalms 91 to Jesus. Quoted it correctly. And sometimes for a believer, you see, Satan will try to twist the Word of God and use it wrongly to get you deceived, to get you to do something you shouldn't do. But Jesus knew the word, and he spoke back to Satan. He said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And I just want to encourage you that, yes, Satan is the tempter, but he can't make you do anything. I used to, when I was a kid, there used to be this comedian, and he had this punchline thing. He'd always say, the devil made me do it. It was funny, but the devil can't make you do anything. He'll tempt you, he'll set you up, but he can't make you. 
I mean, unless you're demon-possessed, he can't control you. And you need to realize you have power over him. You have victory over him. But you know, when the devil tempts people and he gets them to sin, then he changes roles. I mean, now instead of the tempter, now he becomes the accuser of the brethren. This is another title that's given to him. It's Revelations 12.10. He's called the accuser of the brethren. And now he's going to, you know, you sorry dog. Can't believe you did that. You call yourself a Christian. Who you think you are going down front to pray for people? You sorry dog. He'll try to beat you down and make you feel like you can't be used of God. You can't witness to anybody because you messed up. Y'all don't get quiet on me. I'm going to think I'm talking about you, right? There we go. Just point at your name. No, don't do that. Listen. Our enemy, he wants to steal your passion for God. He wants to kill your effectiveness for God. He wants to destroy your calling. But it is him who binds people up, makes people sick, wants to keep people from believing, wants to disrupt the plan and purpose of God. Now I want to take a few minutes, just a few minutes. Don't get worried. I want to tell you some things that he can't do. I want to tell you some of his limitations. He is no match for God. As I said, he's a created being and he only has what power, authority that God has allowed him to have. And in this spiritual war that's taken place, it's very real because there are fallen people, people who don't know the Lord, people still living in that old sinful nature. And he has sway over them and influence and power over them. But he is no match for God's power. He is not omnipotent. God is the only one who's omnipotent. He has all power. Satan is not omnipresent. I don't know where people get this idea that he's just like God. He's not like God. He can be one place at one time. Now, he may have demons that are following you around, but Satan can only be at one place at one time. He's a created being. He's not everywhere all the time. And he is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. Now, he knows a lot because he's been around a really long time. He knows about the past. But he doesn't know everything about the future except what the Word of God tells him. I mean, if he had known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. He doesn't know everything. He He can't read your mind. And the truth is, is most of us, he doesn't have to read our mind most of the time. It's coming out of our mouth, you know. Sometimes you need to keep your mouth shut. I have learned that in the worst battles, I just have to bite my tongue. I just got to clench my teeth and refuse to say anything. Because if you can't say something good, don't say anything at all. I think we got that from Bambi, not the word. But anyway, <laughs> no, it's right though. Listen, where there's many words, sin is not absent. That is from the word. Sometimes we just got to keep our mouth shut. Don't let, the, don't let the devil know how you're struggling. Don't let the devil know about your weakness or you're just blabbing it all over the place. No, sometimes you got to keep your mouth shut. He can't read your mind. Don't tell him. There's one reason, this is one reason I like praying in tongues. The devil can't understand what I'm saying. God does. But... He can't read your mind. Now, sometimes, as I said, he knows what you're thinking because you say it. And other times, he knows maybe kind of what you're thinking by the, what you do. Yeah, right. I mean, when you're walking along and 
you got to have a second look. He knows what you're thinking. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. Maybe it's not walking along. Maybe it's sitting on the internet. Okay. He knows what you're thinking. But he can't read your mind. You just need to realize where his limitations are. He doesn't have authority to do whatever he wants to do in your life. No. We can resist the devil and he has to flee from us. Now, we got to get the first part of that. It's really clear because it's just right there, James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. You on your own, by yourself, you have no authority over Satan. You have no power against him. But when you are submitted to God, when you are under the authority of God, under that authority, you have authority over Satan. You're resisting and he will flee from you. You see, when we make Jesus our Lord and Savior, the Bible says that we have been removed from the dominion of Satan and brought into the kingdom of his son. And when you're under that, in that kingdom, under King Jesus, Satan can't touch you. He doesn't have any authority over you. And you resist him and he'll flee from you. But this, people try to play games with God and play games with the devil. You can't resist the devil if you're living like the devil. No, you've got to submit yourself to God. Put yourself under his authority. And then... You have power over all the power of the enemy. You know, we see this so clearly in the story of Job that Satan can't do anything to you without God's permission. Now, there's a lot of questions about the story of Job, and I don't have time to get into all of that today. But one thing we know for sure is that Satan says there was a hedge of protection around Job And he couldn't get to him. He couldn't touch him without God's permission. As I said, there's a lot of questions that arise there. Well, why did God allow this? Why did this happen? I'm not going to get into all that today, but here's what I want you to know is that Satan does not have free authority to come against you in your life, to come into your life and, and wreak havoc. You need to know that you have power over him. I want to go back to Luke 10, 18, and this time we're going to read 19. He said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Oh, you need to know this one. You need to know that you have power over all the power of the enemy. So don't be afraid of the devil. You got power over him. You got the Holy Spirit inside of you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You know, the Holy Spirit not only empowers us, but he guides us into truth. He helps us to not be deceived. And we have the word of God that reveals truth to us. Listen, the cure, preventive and cure for deception is the truth of God's Word. I tell you, if we just stick in with the Word of God, keep reading the Word, get it down inside of you, it will prepare you for the battles ahead. But church, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And He is still destroying the works of the devil through His blood.
body. Ephesians 1, and 23, the church, the fullness of him that fills all in all. I'm telling you, Jesus is throughout the earth today in the church, the body of Jesus that fills all in all. And he is still setting free. He is still saving. He's still healing. He's still restoring. He's still making whole. Jesus said this in John 14, 12, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Wow, the works that I do, he will do also. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 7 and 8, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received. Now freely give. Have you received? Have you got something that you need to be given out? That you need to tell others that what God can do for them? Church, we got to tell the world. This world that's under the sway of the evil one, the wicked one. We got to tell them that there's a God that loves them, that wants to help them, that's for them. Amen. Oh, church, we got a job to do. Destroy the works of Satan. Amen. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. I would like for our prayer partners to come as we pray.